Hey there, I'm Breezy. Welcome to Breezy Lifestyle. This series is called From Struggle to Success, and it is as real as it is helpful. Every episode, I share with you a real-life story of mine with one, if not many, struggles. I then show you the error of my ways and how I can do better moving forward, as well as how I could have done better then, too. Through real examples of my struggling to success, I show how neuroscience and implementing lifestyle success tools can help us rather than basically we continue to hurt ourselves. We discover the power within ourselves and how to shape the world around us as we need it for a lifetime. Through the foundation of science and my real life, I show how you can turn any struggle into an absolute success without totally having to change who you are. It's all about making better choices every day, to feel better, to live better for a lifetime. I took back control of my life, and so can you. Welcome to From Struggle to Success. Before I begin down the amazing rabbit hole that is life-changing supplementation and the effects of drugs, I need to deeply inform and advise the following. I am not a medical professional. I am not telling you what to do or not to do with your body. I am not directly recommending anything I mention in my podcast episodes. I am sharing stories and research data, and you can choose how to, or to not, use that information on forward. I may slip in an opinion or two. Excuse my lack of control. I am yet to become the aged wisdom and controlled sage many find in older years. I am still a bit of a spring chicken with a very clucking mouth at times. The research information I will be putting forth in today's episode, as well as most others, derives from two sources. PubMed, aka the National Library of Medicine. And for today's supplements, I enjoyed resources from examine.com. I also enjoy paid-for resources such as the positive psychology database, which is more so used in regards to goals, habits, career refinement and development, and redirecting general behaviors. For today, we are talking about supplements and natural occurring things we can consume to alter our state of reality, how we feel, as well as affect our energy, stress, and calmness levels. Today we are highlighting depression, anxiety, and the ability to fall asleep, as well as stay asleep. About one month from now, I will be releasing an episode dedicated to holistic, natural, and alternative SSRIs. Truly a life-changing podcast episode, even for me. Wow, research is amazing, and every year the research just gets better, if you ask me. A few episodes after... I will dedicate a great amount of time towards all the rest, herbs, adaptogens, and anything else I may have missed or feel necessary to double down on because I probably found amazing new supporting research. In between this podcast and the upcoming for SSRIs, I will be interviewing a business owner that offers microdosing to her clients. Mushroom microdosing. She has requested to not be filmed, obviously. And so for all, for all of you YouTubers, I have an awesome moving graphic for all of us to enjoy with the audio. So there will still be a YouTube episode that week. You just will not be seeing either of our shining faces. I am going to toss in two herbs right now that I intake daily and appreciate vastly. 
Obviously, I am not a patient woman in this regard and need to blurt them out. One herb is for energy and the other for rest. Yes, you can grow these to dry and make into tea. Holy basil, aka Tulsi, that is going to be more so your energizing herb. And then lemon bulb, I enjoy in the evening. If you want quick access or clear information on the substances I am talking about today or any week, go on over to the blog at Breezy Lifestyle, and there you will find I have linked my favorite products in every blog post for From Struggle to Success. Notably, at the bottom of the post, you will find the greatest offerings. So are you ready for life-changing content? I am immensely excited. So let's go. The first one I am sharing is a brain buster because I know people firsthand that swear they benefit from its relaxing benefits. Well, what even rocked my brain boat was that seven studies were conducted on this highly anticipated sleep aid or relaxing supplement. Unfortunately, valerian, so valerian root, is found to have no benefits to sleep whatsoever. These researchers very clearly tried to find any positive association or correlation. Check this out. Two out of seven studies had just insufficient data. There were just no strong conclusions could be made whatsoever. It was just a wreck. The other five of the seven studies, they, I even looked into them. Like They even just got weird, and some of them were like, all right, well, clearly this isn't doing what we thought it was. All of our hypotheses and everything are out the window. So they were just seeing what Valerian just like does. You guys, they couldn't find anything. Um, they looked at two different doses and still no effects. It impacted a whole lot of nothing inside of us in regards to sleep and all the various mechanisms and chemicals inside of us as well. So basically, there's a, there's a good amount of sleep chemicals and hormones, right? Valerian did nothing to any of them. It also smells intensely, intensely. Because I used to take Valerian way back in college. And it didn't work, by the way. It smells so bad like dirty feet. Oh my god. I will say Valerian offers this kind of euphoria that reminds me of what kava can offer. And we super go through kava today. But in regards to being a sleep aid, hard no. Um, if you are going to drink it as a tea, I recommend with honey. And also, if you swear by its effects, whether it calms you or anything, go ahead and just keep taking it. Please enjoy any placebo effects that you get. Why not? So though my partner swears that Valerian calms him down and he finds relaxation after taking it, I just offered him last night an entire bottle of it and he declined after I reported my findings. Need I say more? Did you know there are two things possibly in your kitchen right now that could change how you sleep, how you feel. I absolutely did not believe it until I dived into the research myself, seriously. Not even my favorite researchers and podcast professors could convince me of this natural life magic without seeing the confounding data on my own. 
I immediately bought both items as soon as I laid eyes on the research. Tart cherries and whole kiwi fruit could possibly be a sleep aid game changer, people. And it's obviously already available over the counter. It's even available at farmer's markets. So the first one we're going to cover is tart cherries. And I have been taking 3,000 milligrams of tart cherries in the evening. I take this around about 8 p.m. alongside L-theanine and some other stuff I will mention soon. I will say I am not waking up as frequently throughout the night. I will definitely say that. So tart cherries you can either enjoy as the juice or in supplement form, so tart cherries. Increases the amount of sleep by really large percentages. You guys, these numbers are like, what? 33% to 80%. What? <laughs> like what? It's available, you know, as capsules, but beware of the dosage because of all the issues with the companies. I go over this in other podcasts. I talk about all the time in the blog. The standardization and the amount you're actually getting is just so vastly different than what the bottle says. It's just true. Just trying to warn you. I'm not trying to scare you. It increases daytime napping too. So beware. Especially be mindful of its half-life or its quarter-life. How long it's actually lasting in the body. For example, caffeine has a half-life of like 8 hours and a quarter-life of 12 hours. So you be mindful when you're consuming stuff. How fast you metabolize stuff. It's all about your body and it truly is about self-experimentation. So never just copy and paste someone's life onto yours. So you definitely need to be mindful of your adenosine and where your levels are currently at if you're going to nap because that can truly impact if your ability to fall asleep at night. So that's another thing to consider. Whether you're supplementing or not is just like where is your where are your chemicals currently at and are you using them to your advantage? Tart cherries have a small amount of both melatonin and tryptophan, an amino acid used in the production of serotonin and melatonin. We're going to get to that in a bit. Small studies show improved sleep time of insomniacs by 84 minutes. Listen, as a lifetime insomniac, I will absolutely jump for joy on an additional 84 minutes. That is incredible. Tart cherries, all the information that I have found on tart cherries blows my Mind. Tart cherries for life. Woo! Tart cherries 2022. Tart cherries have different enzymes in them and keep the tryptophan in the body longer. Not only does it get you to sleep sooner, but it keeps you asleep longer. I believe that. So again, I take 3,000 milligrams before bed and I pair it with L-theanine, about 2 grams of inositol, and then I'm doing my whole goddess chocolate milk thing. Yum. Check out the blog if you like that recipe. And more on that in a bit. Alright, so kiwi fruit. Kiwi. You have to eat the whole thing. You have to eat the skin. I think actually the benefits might be in the skin. Alright, so here's what I got on kiwi. There's only one published study. 
So for all you researchers out there, can you please research kiwi in its regards to sleep aid? Thanks. <laughs> it decreased the speed up time to fall asleep. It extended the stay asleep time. And people spent far less time awake at night. All great. Check, check, check. Love it. In an animal study, they use a similar phenotype. So the mice fell asleep faster and slept longer. Sleep duration increased. The mechanism of GABA can block the benefit of kiwi, meaning that perhaps part of kiwi fruit benefit is mediated by the brain's natural inhibitory brain system. I'm going to look way more into this. I mean, I'm so excited on this. So I think kiwi I might bring up again when I round everything back out like about, what, six, seven weeks from now after I do the SSRI post. Yeah, hopefully there's, I can find more on kiwi. All right, so studies have shown that the stimulation of serotonin levels may in turn increase melatonin levels. The presence of a relatively high concentration of serotonin in kiwi fruit may contribute to its apparent ability to improve sleep. Another study showed after four weeks of eating, well, not another study, this is, this is the same study, breaking it down. After four weeks of eating two kiwi fruits one hour before bed, the subjective CPSQI, which stands for a Chinese version of the Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index, that score, as well as waking time after sleep onset and sleep onset latency were significantly decreased. Really quickly, those numbers, 42%, 28%, 35%, respectively. Total sleep time and sleep efficiency were significantly increased, 13.4% and 5.4%, respectively. Kiwi, kiwi fruit consumption may improve sleep onset, duration, and efficiency in adults with self-reported sleep disturbances. I have yet to try it personally. I just bought a six pack, I bought a sixer of kiwis, and I'm gonna give it a shot starting tonight. I'm gonna pair it alongside tart cherries, L-theanine, my goddess chocolate milk drink, inositol, and maybe magnesium. I go back and forth on magnesium. L-theanine. I love L-theanine. I love it. Because not only does it do, I believe it helps me in the evening, but then those benefits carry through to the next day. It's like this just awesome continuing cycle or ball rolling down a hill. Whatever it is, I'll take it. So about 100 to 200 milligrams. Usually I don't put how much, but L-theanine seems pretty, um, I don't want to use the word standardized. Anyways, 100 to 200 milligrams for most adults, turns off the mind and helps wind down. Wind down is immensely important in the evening. So much about that in the new sleep course. I have seen L-theanine at 200 milligrams, especially paired with passion flower. I don't cover passion flower in this episode. I might cover it in the herbs one. Um, nothing bad about it. Might be seen in energy drinks. You've probably seen it in L-theanine amongst all the other weird chemicals because it reduces jitters. Thank God does it reduce jitters. You shouldn't have jitters. If you've got jitters, you probably shouldn't be consuming 
the thing giving you jitters. Just a recommendation. I don't know. Also, L-theanine can give you very vivid dreams. So if you're a sleepwalker, truly beware. Truly, like, take it slow with the L-theanine or don't take it at all. Warn, warn whoever you're sleeping next to. <laughs> L-theanine can positively impact the key neurotransmitters, which are brain chemical messengers, involved with stress, sleep, mood, focus, and memory. Ah. L-theanine enhances the production of the neurotransmitters, dopamine, and serotonin. Yum. And also appears to play a role in the formation of GABA. Oh, yeah. A neurotransmitter that acts like a brake, so like a brake in a car, it stops skirt, during times of stress. GABA is awesome. GABA is major. Like, if we don't got GABA going on, like, a lot of other things are going to struggle to get going on, too. L-theanine helps establish balance in the neurotransmitter system resulting in improvements in the mental, emotional, and physical disturbances resulting from being overly stressed. I love L-theanine. Serotonin converts to melatonin in the pineal gland or pineal gland of your brain. Improving serotonin levels ultimately results in improved melatonin levels. This changed my life, people, when I figured out this dance of serotonin and melatonin. Anyways, which turns which in turn supports restful sleep, obviously. In one study, 30 healthy adults were given either 200 milligrams of L-theanine or placebo daily for four weeks. The participants taking theanine took less time to fall asleep, had fewer sleep disturbances, and took fewer sleep medications compared to the placebo group. Those taking L-theanine also had improved mental clarity measured by verbal fluency. Just to get clear on that. L-theanine enhances brain alpha wave activity, which is a marker of relaxation. This effect has been observed to be most pronounced in individuals subjectively feeling the highest levels of stress. That's me. In one study, healthy participants were given 50 milligrams of L-theanine or a placebo. And brain waves were measured after taking the supplement and 45, 60, 90 and 105 minutes later. Alpha wave production was significantly higher in the L-theanine group compared to the placebo group. In an animal study using brainwave analysis to evaluate sleep, a combination of L-theanine and GABA, which you see in a lot of like these mixture supplements, and I'll point one out later, worked better than either alone in terms of time it took to fall asleep and sleep duration. This might suggest to pair GABA and L-theanine. In general, L-theanine should be considered, along with exercise, a good sleep routine, and stress reduction practices, so lifestyle success tools, to cope with stress and support restful sleep. Amazing. <laughs> Marry me now, L-theanine. All right, so if you listen to the previous, oh wait, before I move forward, L-theanine, I buy both in pill form as well as loose form. So like this is something that I would mix into a drink. Bulk supplements, I trust them. I like them, high bulk supplements. There's other brands that I use too. Um, I also have L-theanine on my nightstand in capsule form. 
All right, now we can move on. If you listened to the previous podcast post in regards to reclaiming your sleep, as well as using substances such as marijuana and alcohol in the evening, or if you decided to take back control and upgrade your life via the new Reclaim More Than Your Sleep course on the website, you definitely know about the reality of melatonin. Per always, I am sharing this information not to piss you off, turn you off, or make you feel like you have made mistakes. Rather, I share information alongside my life stories to show that we can always make better choices than the day prior. With an adaptive growth mindset, we see the value in lessons learned and greater information absorbed. So it's okay. Moving on to good old melatonin. She's very common to talk about, but perhaps should not be common to take as a supplement. This being said, I will take melatonin to assist with my struggling low levels of serotonin, which in turn assists with creating sufficient melatonin within my pineal gland. So I do not take melatonin to directly increase my melatonin. I take melatonin to support my serotonin, which therefore helps create melatonin in my body. Kiwi fruit, I love you, you have to go now. Lifestyle choices and success is not just about consuming healthy things. Lifestyle success comes from making choices that support the whole system that is our body and our reality. How I use the hormone melatonin to support my neurochemicals is a great example of a healthy lifestyle choice. So with melatonin, we make it endogenously, which means we make it naturally. We make it all on our own inside our body in our pineal gland. Melatonin kicks in before closing our eyes and going to sleep. So basically around dusk, when dusk is approaching, the sun is going down, melatonin starts to rise. So sun goes down, melatonin goes up. Melatonin is inhibited by light. So as less light is within our realm of reality, there is more melatonin. This is a huge effing reason why you should not be looking at screens and doing like bright light stuff, computer stuff, phone stuff in the evening. You are not allowing melatonin to do its job. The brain has a central master 24 hour clock and keeps internal time. Not totally precise, but levels reset each day. This clock uses melatonin to communicate to our body to be awake or to be asleep. This is crucial for internal signal communication. Crucial, crucial, crucial. Don't play. Melatonin tells our body it is time to go to sleep, but it does not ensure sleep for the entire night. Melatonin is not a helpful sleep aid. Meta-analysis shows that melatonin will only increase total amount of sleep by 3.9 minutes. Wow. <laughs> melatonin will only increase sleep efficiency by 2.2%. Hmm. Melatonin absolutely squashes puberty. Serotonin converts to melatonin in the pineal gland in your brain. Improving serotonin levels ultimately results in improved melatonin levels, which in turn supports restful sleep. Super awesome approach to just bettering how you feel about life and how you move through life in general because 
the better your serotonin levels, just the better you're going to feel. But not only that, the better you're going to sleep. And then the better you sleep, the better you feel too. Amazing. It is amazing how much free medicine we have out in the world. And how much we can control. And how much we can make ourselves feel good or not good. Just through our choices. Lastly, if you do want to supplement melatonin, you'll notice at minimum melatonins come 10 milligrams. If you've listened to other podcast posts, you know that this is absolute bullshit. It, this could be anywhere from, what is it, like 80% less to 437% more than stated. What we also know, we don't need to take melatonin anyways for sleep at least. So another thing about sleep is with in regards to melatonin is melatonin gets you to like the sleeping starting line. This is an analogy from sleep master Matthew Walker. So it'll get you to that starting line. It'll usher you all there. It'll line you up. But it does not participate in the race. It doesn't go past that starting line. It is not a part of the sleep race. It is just a part of assisting in getting the sleep race to start. Once the sleep race starts, melatonin's out. It's still like standing at the starting line holding the gun or whatever. It is not a racer. Just to be really clear. So melatonin is only meant to help us fall asleep, right? So if we're messing with all the light and stuff around us, we're, we're going to struggle to get the melatonin levels necessary to fall asleep when we need to. All right, we're going to move on to tryptophan and serotonin. This is super short. Some humans may fall asleep easier, but dreams are ridiculously vivid. Afterwards, there are several days of insomnia. So if you are actively taking tryptophan or serotonin, like you are supplementing it, you might be making things really difficult for yourself. You might be putting yourself on a little roller coaster of sorts. Because not only are you going to have crazy dreams one night, but then afterwards for several days you might not like sleep at all so for some it can knock them out and this is likely due to chemical imbalances so recall like the melatonin and serotonin supplementing with serotonergic agents is not beneficial for sleep this can change the natural absorption of the brain's natural releases that is not something i am effing with whoo during REM, serotonin is shut off. It needs to be. Acetylcholine goes up when we REM. If serotonin is up, then acetyl can't go up when it needs to for REM. Artificially fragmenting REM sleep, if serotonin levels are present, is not good. I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's your choice. And that is truly all I have to say on tryptophan and serotonin. They are wonderful, not for sleep. I'd love to know what your experience with chamomile is, or scientifically known as apigenin. Do you feel like it calms or relaxes you? Do you like to drink it in the evening as a tea? Have you found it gives you positive or negative effects? I have found it can give me whole body cramps. I can't really consume chamomile. Unfortunately, the research findings are, well, unfortunate. 
at least the ones I dug into. So, apigenin is a mild sedative. Maybe mild, though. So we're not even talking medium salsa here. We're talking mild. The results are subjective. The data is immensely unclear. Most studies conclude chamomile is not a useful sleep aid. At most, it's just probably a mild sedative of sorts. So that's it. Chamomile came and went. Kava. Ooh, I love kava. K-A-V-A, -A, kava. Research has suggested, sorry, not to start this on a low point, that kava may cause liver damage. It does appear to be hepatotoxic. I really struggle with saying that word even in my head. I, I always shorten it. I'm like, hepatoxic, but there's like a whole other T-O in there. Anyways, it cannot be consumed alongside alcohol whatsoever. Here in Florida, kava bars are extremely popular. There is signage everywhere stating if you have consumed alcohol, do not consume kava or expect to go to the emergency room. I have been at kava bars and I've seen people make mistakes and the ambulance had to come. Everything was always fine. It's just the, the liver starts getting really angry and it can like try to shut down and stuff. I'm not a doctor, so that's kind of all I know. It does induce euphoria. It promotes feelings of contentment. It can reduce stress and improve mood. Kava is really interesting because in my experiences, it like will relax and sedate, but it also makes you just feel so good about everything. Warm and fuzzies is a really good way to describe kava. Yeah. Again, you cannot pair it with alcohol. If there's alcohol in your system, you have to wait for it to clear. Because that liver issue, you don't want it. So major challenges lie in the diversity of kava products and the lack of standardization, which we've heard before. We're going to hear it again. But with kava, because it's a plant, the different parts of the plants kind of have different effects. There's also different like species of the plant. So it can be quite wide-ranging in its effects. Um, it is found to be anti-inflammatory and potential for ameliorating certain inflammation-related diseases. I agree with this. I took kava when I got my IUD put in, and they checked my blood pressure, and they were like, oh my gosh, you're always just so stable and good and healthy. What's going on? I was like, oh, I took kava. And they didn't know what it was. Doctors, in my words, doctors don't know a lot that they should. Anyways. So I, I had kava, you know, they're shoving all this stuff into my cervix and whatnot, and a lot of women would say that getting IUD in is painful. I was laughing. I was joking with my doctor, talking with her. She, she was laughing. She was, like, this is, she was like, this is like the most fun IUD, you know, procedure I've ever had. Like we were just having a hoot and hollering kind of time. I was so relaxed because of the kava that I drank. Like, just bloop, put her out right up on in there, yeah. So, my experiences with kava have always been great. You need to be mindful of what's going on in your stomach because you could get a little nauseous, so drink a lot of water with it. The most recent clinical trial of kava consumption for GAD patients, consisting of 171 participants that underwent a 16-week kava use, observed no significant differences 
in anxiety reduction between kava consumption and placebo groups. But that's anxiety. So if you're looking for just to relax, warm and fuzzies, kava. But in regards to anxiety, and I have anxiety, I wouldn't say that kava helps me with my anxiety. Um, I would say kava is in your body, it's not in your mind. In the 1960s, it was clinically used to treat epilepsy. Studies by Steiner suggest that kava may reduce substance cravings of abuse. And I know people firsthand that totally agree with this. They've stopped drinking alcohol and started doing kava. So yeah, so alcohol, tobacco, cocaine, and heroin. Kava has also been used as part of addiction rehabilitation programs in New Zealand with a reported 90% success rate. Wow. Kava consumption appears to be clinically non-addictive. Woohoo! I totally can agree with that. Someone with an addictive personality, kava does not have me doing, you know, what like my dopamine will want me to do for kava. And again, I think it's because it's a lot more body. Kava consumption has also been reported with improvements in recognition memory tasks and enhanced accuracy and performance in visual attention and working memory tasks. The anxiolytic and antidepressant activities were not associated with safety concerns. So one study is saying one thing, one is kind of saying another thing a little bit. In regards to kava, from what I saw online, there just needs to be a lot more research. But moving forward, sleep-inducing and improving effects have been found in kava with increased deep sleep periods and sleep spindle activity. Similar results were observed in patients with non-psychotic anxiety-related sleep disorders, and they consumed 200 milligrams of kava per day. Sleep disorders are common in the general population, particularly in various neuroinflammatory and neuropsychiatric disorders. Interesting information. The potential for kava's sleep-improving effects warrant further investigation in future research. And if you are a researcher, please, please do research on kava and kiwi fruit. Thank you. Nations with high kava consumption, this fact is so awesome. So like Vanuatu, Fiji, and Western Samoa have much lower, like way lower, cancer rates in comparison to non-kava drinking countries. The men in these kava consuming countries had super low rates of cancer in comparison to the women, but it was found that the women don't really drink the kava in those countries, so, and who knows why? culturally, religious, who knows. I am so excited to share my findings and use of Kratom or Kratom or Kratom in the upcoming SSRI podcast. I consider Kratom to be the energetic brother to its more calm kava sister. I drink Kratom. Where are you? Oh my God, it's not next to me. I drink Kratom every day to immensely immensely reduce my anxiety and depression. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. So very quickly, I'm gonna go over magnesium. I'm doing so because in all honesty, magnesium is a podcast in and of itself, if you ask me. 
If you want a detailed layout of the different types of magnesium and their offerings, check out the blog posts for the Struggle to Success episode on drugs and supplements. So this blog post. On this episode, I spend a lot of time in that blog post showing the benefits as well as differences. You can also totally learn about magnesium in the new sleep course. Today, I am going to quickly show you four different types of magnesium. The first magnesium is magnesium 3 and 8. Some people find this derivative to be anxiety inducing. And certainly I saw many reports for it being more so the energizing magnesium in comparison to the others. In regards to Alzheimer's, 3 and 8 truly might be a game changer lifesaver. Check this out. The average brain age of a magnesium tested group decreased by 9 years. Decreased by 9 years while the placebo group had little change. 3 and 8 may only be best for us normal peoples if we're deficient in it. Magnesium glycinate, certainly known for enhancing sleep quality. Here's a takeaway, and it also leads to the third magnesium, which is taurate. Magnesium has a strong affinity with GABA receptors, which is why chelating magnesium with taurine makes it a potent relaxing compound. It helps ease stress and it improves sleep quality. Magnesium taurate in a double-blind placebo-controlled study on elderly subjects. Elderly people are typically known to struggle with sleep more, have more insomniac issues and all of that. So these elderly subjects suffering from insomnia, the researchers found that magnesium taurate helped improve the following, so not just one thing. Insomnia severity index, their sleep time, sleep efficiency, early morning awakening. It also improved within them the concentration of melatonin, serum renin, and serum cortisol. Common health benefit between taurine and magnesium is the effects on heart health and blood pressure. And those quickly are, in a meta-analysis found that taking 300 milligrams of magnesium daily for 30 days helped increase blood magnesium and reduce blood pressure. The same effect, a decrease in high blood pressure, was also observed in obese women. Ah! Likewise, oral taurine, taurine supplementation in hypertensive patients helped reduce hypertension symptoms. Diabetic patients also experienced a reversal in arterial stiffness and brachial artery reactivity. Whoa. So that's, that's the first three, but last but not least is magnesium chloride. This has been my magnesium homie, but I will say I am keen to include a taurate regimen or regime in my evening routine, like ASAP. Research from 2017 appearing in the journal that I like to pronounce as PLOSH1, P-L-O-S-1, PLOSH1, found that a six-week course of magnesium chloride led to a significant reduction in depression and anxiety symptoms. How wonderful. Woo, so magnesium chloride again, that's my homie. Bop, bop. Take that one daily, love it. 
Another one that I take daily is ashwagandha, ashwagandha. Um, scientifically or naturally known as withania somnifera. Fun to say. It is a potent cortisol inhibitor, no doubt. It is best known for its anxiolytic, so anti-anxiety, and stress-relieving effects. It is recommended to take a break every two-ish weeks from ashwagandha. I have dated many um, like fitness junkies and movement individuals throughout the years, and a lot of them are into ashwagandha because it helps with testosterone levels. And they all would say out loud, yep, I got to take my break now. Or, hey, are you taking ashwagandha? Like, don't forget, like, you, you shouldn't be taking it every day. Or you should take breaks from it. Whatever it was. So this isn't just, like, science. Like, normal people are even like, yeah, don't take ashwagandha all the time. It is well tolerated and improves sleep quality and sleep onset latency in patients with insomnia at a dose of 300 milligrams extract twice daily. So once in the, in the morning and once in the evening. Ashwagandha extract was also found to improve mental alertness on rising and anxiety levels, but no significant effect on quality of life. No serious side effects were reported though. So that's very good. I mentioned this earlier, I take ashwagandha every evening and that's usually around 7.30 p.m. along with inositol, shatavari, and L-theanine. I take shatavari alongside ashwagandha as I personally know my T levels, my testosterone levels, as of one year ago, were through the roof. I think they were 108. They were almost as high as a woman should be, which I think is 120. Shatavari is the powerful female plant that is parallel to the powerful male plant that is ashwagandha, in my words. If you'd like to check out what yummy chocolate milk-like drink I am enjoying most evenings, hop on over to the blog or use the link in the bio to get that yummy read in your life. I want to talk about one pro-sleep behavior that does not cost any money and is readily available to us. And not only is this a slow pro-sleep behavior, but this is something you can do to improve the quality of your life, the longevity of your life to my understanding, as well as enhance your mood every day. Consensual partner or self-sex that results in orgasm is totally a sleep tool for benefit. It's totally a life tool. So whether you're masturbating or having consensual sex with some other human, if it comes with orgasm, huge benefits. Sufficient sleep can help your relationship and sex quality, right? And that's beyond mood improvement. Well, sex with orgasm can help your relationship, mood, and sleep quality. It is a beautiful cycle that truly can feel good. When we sleep well, we feel good. When we orgasm, we sleep better and feel good. When we feel good, we sleep better and want to do more. <laughs> Did you know? Our sex hormones of estrogen, FSH, testosterone, are diminished and below healthy levels if we're not sleeping good. And you better believe when I got all my levels tested, I was, wow, I was barely sleeping six hours a night, which 
the other podcasts have information on that that is just almost terrifying. I don't know how I'm still alive. When I got my levels tested, ooh, they weren't good at all. And I can already tell in the past year with entirely reclaiming my sleep alongside so many other things, I'm just kind of normal now. <laughs> That's nice. Like my menstrual cycle is normal. I can definitely tell my anxiety and depression is, are far more at bay just every day and night. Just so much is better because I am sleeping better as well as I'm supplementing mindfully. So our hormone levels are significantly disrupted by poor sleep and they ain't going to fix themselves unless you fix your sleep. Women's menstrual cycles are super disrupted like I just mentioned mine was. Sleep is not only the foundation to life, people. So it's not a pillar. It is the foundation that all of life literally sits on top of. If we don't have a strong foundation, life ain't going to be strong. It's going to be wibbly wobbly weak all over the place. Sleep is a massive emotional therapy session every night, or some would call it free emotional first aid. Restless nights lead to far more fights. Just saying. So empathy plummets when not sleeping regularly. We're more abrasive. We're certainly not as agreeable. Sleep has a dramatic impact on healthy and loving relationships. Sleep has dramatic impact on healthy and loving relationship with ourself. So when we orgasm by ourselves or with another, we enjoy beneficial cocktail of hormones. What's happening when we orgasm? First, endorphins, the body's natural pain-killing hormones, activate the body's opiate receptors, which makes you feel happier and more relaxed. I mean, this first is it's, it's enough for me. I'm like, God, that sounds amazing. But then, hormones like vasopressin and oxytocin counteract stress hormones and help you fall asleep faster. Afterwards, norepinephrine and serotonin help your body get into a flow of REM sleep cycles to help you stay asleep. Sure, orgasm is not found in stores or online, but you always have it within you. I do hope you enjoyed this lofty and only preliminary first podcast episode on natural, holistic, and alternative approaches to alleviating the effects of depression and anxiety, but as well as offering daily relief for depression, anxiety, and sleep. Please feel open to contribute positively to the YouTube comment section. We can make it truly a great place for community to develop and converge to share stories, insights, struggles, successes, and awesome findings. The comment section is heavily, heavily monitored by my team and not by me. Thanks to years of previous abuse and harassment. There's a podcast coming soon on that. Breezy Lifestyle does not condone bullying, harassment, abusive language, and shutting down other people's ideas and real-life experiences. We are all in this together. We should always strive to do better and be more. We can create the reality we feel good in or the reality we end up complaining about every day. It's always your choice. We still have free choice in this growingly disconnected world. Please exercise its power with care as well as gusto. All the best. You got this. This is Breezy signing off from Struggle to Success.